She took me to a heavy metal Christian concert, local band, nobody you would know of. They were unique to say the least. I'd never been to a Christian concert in my life. And then it was speed metal. There was about 30 people in a 650 seat auditorium. Yeah, I mean, rock on Christian music. This guy who had been like shredding on a guitar, whips a Bible out of his back pocket, which for me was totally like, what is this? Was this guy priest? Like, what? I don't understand. You're going to explain the love of God. And I just sat there and was like, okay, that, I want that. You're telling me forgiveness of sin. You're telling me all this is available to me. Then who wouldn't want this? So I lift up my hand, you know, traditional kind of altar call. I never experienced anything like that before. We get out to the car and Trish is like, oh my gosh, do you know what you've done? Because I'm heathen of the heathen. And she's thinking, you're just doing this like to make me happy or whatever. And so I light up a cigarette and I look at her and I said, well, here's the deal. I ain't being no beeping pastor. Welcome to the Live, Lead, Last podcast, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. I'm James Duvall, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Lisa. And today is significant. Lisa, do you know why? Well, I do want to know why, but I thought you would have a more creative intro for me, this scene that this week is Christmas, like your snow angel or something like that. That would be a good one. I got to keep you guessing, though. All right. Well, what's significant is we are only four days away from Christmas, right? Well, that's pretty significant, but that's not what I'm referring to. Okay. What are you referring to? Well, today is the last episode of our first season of the podcast. That's right. This season has flown by. It's been a lot of fun, and we're already preparing for season two. Next week, you will be able to get a sneak peek at what we're planning when we release the trailer for the next season. James, you're also going to be launching a new podcast starting in January. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called The Leadership Equation. It comes out of my journey of self-leadership. So instead of telling you too much about it, why don't I just play the trailer? Are you an individual who wants to excel in your leadership, thrive in your relationships, and grow as a human being? Maybe you face reoccurring obstacles that make you feel like you're being held back, and your forward momentum is regularly squelched. I get it. I've been there too. My name is James Duvall, and I want to encourage you, you're not alone. Deep inside each of us is a God-given drive to accomplish, to succeed, and to lead. And I know no matter your situation, you can create momentum and excel in every area of life. The path is clear, and many have blazed the trail before you and me. However, making progress is not always easy. Over the last decade of leading at an executive level, I've learned that the most important and most challenging leadership role I have is leading me. And the truth is, I haven't always succeeded. Here's the thing. Whether you're leading a Fortune 500 company, leading your family, or you're in school just trying to lead yourself to earn a passing grade in your class, you're going to struggle with leading you. I believe all leadership begins with self-leadership. If you can't consistently lead yourself, you won't be able to consistently lead and maintain influence with others. That is where the Leadership Equation podcast comes in. As simple as it sounds, the leadership equation is the calibration of self-awareness and self-management. You might be thinking, oh great, another self-leadership hack. I assure you that I am not. Instead, think of me as a leadership DJ. When you're looking for some good music to listen to, you can go and purchase a lot of projects from a wide range of musical artists, and then you can sort through all the okay songs to find your jam. 
Or you can turn on the radio and the DJ has already sorted through the noise to find the best music for you. In the same way, there are a lot of books, podcasts, and YouTube videos you could spend time sorting through. Or you can tune in to this podcast every Wednesday morning for a new episode where I'm going to share some helpful tools and resources that you can use to apply to your personal self-awareness and self-management. You can count on each episode lasting around 10 minutes in length. The first episode airs on January 13th. You can keep posted by following on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Leadership Equation. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. And if you think this podcast is something that your friends, family, and colleagues would be interested in, a share from you to them would go a long way in moving the podcast forward. And I would be super grateful. So I hope you'll join me on this new adventure. Until then, bye-bye. That really sounds great, and I'm excited for you and know you have so many insights to share. Okay, so back to our final episode of Season 1. Today we have some new friends, Nathan and Tricia LaGrange. They are starting a new endeavor called Refreshing the Refreshers. That sounds amazing, right? That's a tongue twister, too. I'm surprised I got it right. Their plan is to have a Christian retreat center in Georgia near Lake Lanier. Their desire is to work with Christian leaders by offering a place to rest, be encouraged, and receive coaching and care. This is in partnership with the organization Life Impact, which has been around for over 20 years, doing the same concept all over the world. So let's go ahead and jump in. Hey, Nathan and Trisha, it's great to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate you giving us the gift of your time. We know you're super busy with your kids and ministry and so forth. So for you to just give some time for us to be on this podcast really means a lot to us. Yeah, we're so excited about this conversation to learn more about you and refreshing the refreshers. This is something James and I realize is so necessary for leaders now. So we're so glad that you're stepping into this space. We're so grateful. Awesome to be here. So Nathan, you and I have met several years ago. Actually, I think it was like 12 or 13 years ago. We were at an event together in Estes Park, Colorado, when we were both serving as worship leaders in our respective churches. Life has obviously led each of us down new pathways, and there's been a lot of adventure since then. So to start out, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, your marriage, and also your journey that led you to starting Refreshing the Refreshers? Absolutely. So this beautiful lady and I met a zillion years ago when we were eight. I think God has a a unique way of of continuing to thread our lives together over those years when we had dated on and off. And honestly, I wasn't mature enough to have any kind of relationship in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) I was very far away from God, and Trisha was just coming back into a relationship with the Lord. But we got married, and funny story that I think your listeners need to, to know and understand about our relationship. She took me to a heavy metal Christian concert. Local band, nobody you would know of. They were unique to say the least. I'd never been to a Christian concert in my life. And then it was speed metal. There was about 30 people in a 650 seat auditorium. Yeah, I mean, rock on Christian music. This guy who had been like shredding on a guitar, whips a Bible out of his back pocket, which for me was totally like, what is this? Was this guy priest? Like, what? I don't understand. You're going to explain the love of God. And I just sat there and was like, okay, that, I want that. You're telling me forgiveness of sin. You're telling me all this is available to me. Then who wouldn't want this? So I lift up my hand, you know, traditional kind of altar call. I never experienced anything like that before. We get out to the car and Trish is like, oh my gosh, do you know what you've done? Because I'm heathen of the heathen. And she's thinking, you're just doing this like to make me happy or whatever. And so I light up a cigarette. 
And I look at her and I said, well, here's the deal. I ain't being no beeping pastor. And she looks back at me and goes, you know what? You be careful what you say. God has a funny sense of humor. Here we are 25 years later. We've been in ministry this whole time. I feel like God continues to have this sense of humor in our lives. And I think it's sometimes the only way that we make it through. And so you are a beeping pastor now. I am a beeping pastor. I think even when we connected, James, we we had seen a lot. We've been on a lot of platforms. We've been able to be in front of a lot of people. But what we started noticing was people were one way on a platform and different off the platform. Mm. Even when you and I were seeing each other, we had been exposed to a different world at that moment. And it started this discrepancy of like, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. You're this way on a Sunday morning, but you're this way on a Tuesday afternoon. What's going on in your life? I think as both of us really started to kind of get our our antenna up, we started to hear a lot of pastors and their spouses that were just exhausted, burned out, tired of putting on a show, tired of putting a front. We were trying to figure out what to do. We were young and really probably very naive. We would see pastors that we knew, you know, that were on staff with us struggling and having problems, but we never really were seeing anybody help them or step up to defend them or, you know. I mean, they might have been getting help, but we, we, we weren't seeing it. We just didn't know it was there. I think for both of us, we started to see this disintegration of people. It was almost like this incoherence in their life. And we started to realize as we began to pull those people into dinners or, or coffee shop conversations, like, dude, your whole life is unraveling. And maybe your spouse is like not even living with you anymore. Or we would experience spouses that didn't even go to the same church that their husband was preaching at. We're kind of like, wait, you're okay with this? And so it just kind of became a, how do we pull people in and allow them the space to be able to share what's really going on? Because I don't think we're getting what's really going on on a Sunday morning. I think you've unpacked several problems that you were seeing in ministry leaders' lives of not the same on the platform as they are behind the scenes, unraveling these kind of situations that you're trying to bring a solution to through refreshing the refreshers. I'd love to hear just a little bit about what that might look like, how you plan on tackling that and helping them uncover, recover health and wholeness. I think I'm going to back up a little bit to move forward. About seven years ago, our lives started to kind of unravel. We had left our church. We were getting ready to plant a new church. We moved. We adopted internationally. Our co-pastors left the church that we were planting. And then on top of all of that, I lost both of my parents within two months of each other. Very suddenly. Very suddenly. And so it was just this whirlwind of trauma and emotional distress and grief and we didn't really feel like we had any place to turn. And we ended up going on a quote unquote sabbatical for six weeks. We went to Europe. We took all of our kids, all four. And I always kind of joke and say, that's not really a sabbatical. That's no. just really <laughs> But you yeah. know, God met us where we were and we were able to reconnect with each other. We were you know, because that's a lot of trauma in that many years and in that short of a time. I mean, we were waking up crying in our sleep. And I think there were people around us and there were friends and, and family that we had around us, but we just, we needed space. It's funny, when you think of the word retreat, we think of somewhere to go, but it's also a way to get away from something. So if you're facing a battle that there's just no way you're going to win, retreat may be an actual option so that you can regather your strength and then go engage again. And I think I was kind of brought up into the mindset of, man, you just put your head down and you just keep going. And that was not working. 
we were dead in the water. We were exhausted. And we were becoming the people who were putting on a good face Sunday morning. And Tuesday night, we're crying ourselves to sleep. So we're like, this is nuts. We're becoming what we despise. Because so often, you're expected to keep going. Yeah. So many people are relying on you and expecting so much out of you that you feel this obligation to keep going even when you really can't. And so I personally got to the point where I just couldn't go anymore. And so that quote unquote sabbatical was great for us. Towards the end of it, I can remember talking in a little home that we were in in Italy and just saying, what if everybody could get away like this? What if everybody had this opportunity to just remove themselves and retreat and rest and reconnect? But we also said on top of that, though, what if it wasn't just a space? Mm -hmm. Because the space was good for us. I I can remember walking amongst the olives and the vines and you're in this just glorious Mediterranean and climate and you just your heart's being restored but i think we both just needed somebody to talk to somebody who's going to look at us and go you're not nuts you have experienced some pain and it's going to take a little while to heal so this has been in the making for about seven years and we know that there are places that do this we have experienced it over the years you know places where we've been able to go for a little weekend or whatever but what we wanted was a sacred space we wanted big views. We wanted people to be able to have a high view of... A shift of perspective. Yeah, a shift of perspective. I mean, we live in the city. And when you can get out, you know, obviously in nature or whatever, you guys are probably close to the ocean or something. Some of those perspectives can shift even when you're just in a different space. So, so we wanted people to be able to come into our home and rest, have no responsibilities, know that the space that they've been in or that they are in has been prayed over. We want to serve you with hospitality like you've never experience, but then have that opportunity to have some coaching. Be safe where you know you're not being judged. We kind of always joke that we've been there, done it, seen it, or heard it, so you're not going to surprise us with anything. Unless you've got a body buried in the woods, you're okay to tell us whatever you want to tell us. Lance Witt, one of our good friends, always talks about that there's the front stage and the backstage of life, and you're talking about this front stage that has to be kind of this performance mode. It's what you present to people, and so many leaders focus so much on that front stage that they forsake or don't take care of the backstage, which is the hidden part, the soul, the soul care, healthy rhythms, rest. I just think what you guys are doing is awesome. I know that you have an acronym for rest that you go around. Maybe you can unpack that a little bit. Also, could you just share a little bit more about what the facilities and the programming of Refreshing the Freshers will be about? Our REST acronym is Retreat, Encouragement, Safety, and Trust. There are things you can do in your daily life. You know, it says Jesus often withdrew and all that, all that kind of stuff. But I think the episodic retreat can be a really big deal. When you just leave what you know and enter into a place that you don't have responsibility for. And I think over the years, we've both said when we, we get away, it takes about three days before we're like, okay. I'm not thinking about all the things that I was thinking about before. And I wish I could do that in my home, but I can't. Like, it's hard even to do in my city because I feel responsibility for my city. So the retreat is is a big piece of that, getting you away into a space that's created for you. We're going to live there. We're going to be there. But the house that we're actually looking at, there's a whole entire bottom floor that is just for ministry. It's got multiple bedrooms, multiple baths. There's a kitchenette we're going to throw in there. There's a living room. There's a pool right outside. There's acreage all around you. And then Lord willing, again, Lake Lanier, which is about 700 miles of coastline. 
will be right down the hill from where we live. So hopefully that retreat side is there. The encouragement side is, you know, I think it was Dick Ziegler, the old famous motivational guy that said, if you're breathing, you need encouragement. I feel like pastors, families, ministry leaders, business leaders, they just get criticized nonstop. And with social media and all this kind of stuff, it's just a barrage. Cynicism, you know, everything's a meme, everything's snarky. And so I think that encouragement is kind of a lost art, you know, and biblically, that's what we're to do is encourage. I mean, a word in season is like apples of gold in settings of silver. I mean, we all know times in our life when somebody has come in and not in a in some kind of forceful, overly charismatic way, but just spoken life into us. And so we need encouragement. So we want to create that kind of environment. You're not going to be judged. You're going to be encouraged. The safety side of it, you can tell us whatever. This is one of our, our front rooms, and it's like we've had a lot of marital and premarital counseling that's going on. And there's a lot of secrets that have been in this room. Yeah, We're just used to that. We struggled to keep our kids' engagement a secret. That was hard. <laughs> Keeping ministry secrets, that's not hard. You can tell us whatever, and we're not going to judge you. So back to your question about the process. The trust side is more the programmatic. This is where we've we've developed a process that we actually took an entire year off. And I'm telling you, when you dip into obscurity, you learn stuff about yourself. When you just fall off the radar, we really have to know who oh, your identity is. Your identity is hoped every day. But we kind of developed this process that we actually went through. You can speak some of that. First is just getting away and resting. But then there's also a repentance part. And that's not necessarily, you know, like, oh, I have this sin in my life. But part of that is just the repentance of, God, I'm sorry, I haven't made you the focus. You know, I've been so busy working for you, working for you, that I forgot who you were and who I am in you. And then just restoring rhythms. You know, God gives us rhythm in the scripture. He tells us what our lives need to look like. He built in a sabbatical. He literally built in a sabbatical. And he talks about it over and over in about every book of the Bible. Return. Yeah, return. And so restoring those rhythms that he laid out for us from the very beginning. Let let me go back. When she says rest, you know as well as I do, the best way to start is to stop. I think Michael Hyatt says really, really well. He's got a great book called Free to Focus. If you get two or three good nights of sleep, you're a different person. Like, I'm miserable when I don't sleep. I get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. I'm like, I don't think that's a great way to think about life. Yeah. So if we can provide you with a space where you could just sleep. We have a guest room right, right behind us here on, on this first floor. And we'll have missionaries and other folks that come and stay with us. And it'll be awesome because it's 10 o'clock in the morning. And they're just getting up. And they'll wander around our kitchen going, I don't remember the last time I slept. And we live downtown. It's noisy. It's sirens. But we've prayed for that room. And a lot of them are just like, they just fall. So rest. Being you know, rest, repentance, and then the restoration of some of those rhythms. I feel like a lot of church staff would go off and do strategic visioning, strategic planning without doing these three things first. Come to your strategic planning and they're all dead tired. You're all, you know, angry at God about something or you have unforgiveness in your heart or whatever it is. Hey, let's go plan the future now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other three are just rediscovering, rediscovering who you are in Christ, rediscovering Christ, rediscovering what your life looked like looks like reimagining 
things in your ministry, in your life, and then just re-entering. How are you going to take what you've done in a three to five day retreat? Because, you know, so often we get on fire. Woo-hoo, I went to this retreat. And then you come back and you think everything's going to change and then nothing does and you're back to where you started from. So what does really thinking through re-entry look like? What are the steps that you're going to take to keep on the right path of restoring the rhythms of your life? Guys, this is so rich. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited for the people who are going to intersect with this because we've seen people come and go on staff who needed this very thing and sleep being one of them. I mean, never underestimate the power of that. So James, we may need to go and be refreshed (laughs) just so we can hang out with these cool people. I love it. I love it. You know, we want people to know and get involved with what you all are doing. If someone wanted to get involved and help support this effort, what can they do? Well, you can first go to our website, which is www.refreshingtherefreshers.org. And then there's all kinds of information. There's a click to donate button, or you could just contact us too. You can tell we're really passionate about seeing people's lives change. I love it. And yes, you can tell you're pretty passionate about this. (laughs) I was thinking about the proverb that those who refresh others will also be refreshed. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious from your life, from just the outpouring that you pouring into others, trying to refresh others is also bringing refreshment to you, which is super cool. You caught the underlying thing. We were explaining this to people before. We're like, if you think about it, like we're setting ourselves up for blessing the rest of our lives. Like it literally says that. And I, I keep thinking like, what if the congregation's, thought process was, you know what, we want to make sure we intentionally engage in the refreshing renewal of our ministry leaders. They themselves then were blessed from them. Yeah. Instead of feeling like, oh, we're going to give this away, you know, whatever the blessing might be. It's like, man, that's it right there. Those who refresh, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You're, Love it. That's so nailed good. it. That's so good. We have a doctor and he said, you know, the reason he gives to our ministry is because it's exponential. He said, if you only touch 10 people, 10 pastors, 10 Christian leaders, whatever, missionaries, whoever it may be, the trickle-down effect, they're going to go affect 10 or 20 or 30, you know, and so it's exponential. And so it's an interesting thing because they're going to touch people who are going to touch people who are going to refresh, and it becomes a movement, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Well, this is awesome, and I'm going to put all the information about how people can find out more about refreshing their refreshers in our show notes. And we're looking forward to just following your journey and the progress as this movement happens. And maybe next time that we do a podcast, we'll actually come to Lake Lanier and we'll sit down and do it face-to-face instead of over Zoom. So thank you guys so much again for your time. We're looking forward to everything that God's going to do through refreshing the refreshers moving forward. Thank you, James and Lisa. Wow, what great people. Thanks again, Nathan and Trisha, for being on the podcast. And we're so excited to follow your journey. You know, seeing that we are just around the corner from Christmas, maybe you would consider sending the LaGrange's a small gift to help them in this new endeavor. Even something small would allow you to get in on the blessing of refreshing others. Generosity is so much fun. That's right. James and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Even though Christmas will be different for many of us this year due to the ongoing issues with COVID-19, we pray that you're able to have meaningful connections with family and friends and to be re-inspired by the true gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ. We want to remind you that next week there will not be a new episode, but we will be releasing the trailer for season two. We will be back the first Monday in January with the first episode of the new year and the first in the new season. 
So as we wrap up this episode, we would love to invite you to subscribe. And if you're willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, it will help us get the word out and help others find the show. You can also follow us on Instagram and or Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. Please leave us a message or comment there. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we want to encourage you to lead your life and leverage your influence today in a way that leaves a legacy you want for tomorrow. Until next week. Or next year. That's right. Bye-bye.